podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to episode 179 of GigPod. On this episode we'll be previewing the St Johnston game and talking about other issues at the club this week, as well as giving you the lowdown on the latest internal GigPod bet. I'm Stevie and I'm here with Rizzo and Rizzo, Ben Ewart on Instagram called us the Working Man Celtic podcast earlier this week to me. How accurate is he with that though? Hi everybody, hi Stevie. Oh I'd say he's very accurate. Very accurate, even indeed. I'd imagine that working men, heroes, Steve Austin and Bruce Springsteen are big fans of GigPod. No doubt when they're when they're doing their 95 before they clock out, they'll listen to GigPod. Well, hopefully, John, we don't have any more broken skills at Celtic this week, am I right? That is satire, isn't it? Give everybody the latest then. What is happening across the club this week regarding contracts and regarding injuries and regarding transfers? Some up for us and then we'll talk about it. Well, we'll start with contracts first. Apparently, uh, we offered uh, Rio Hatati a contract, but he's turned it down because the wages wouldn't be as much as either Dyson or Kyogo. So he's apparently turned it down and reportedly he wants to have discussions with Celtic when the transfer window closes. But then there's rumours that teams in France and Saudi Arabia are interested in him. And of course, he's injured as well, as Brendan ruled him out at a game against Rangers next week. So that sort of ties in with, in- with injuries. Uh, apparently, we're in contract talks with Leela Bada as well. And apparently, we're confident that both of them will sign new deals. So watch this space. Injuries is uh, pretty dreadful, to tell you the truth. As uh, already said, Rio Hattati is out of the derby next week. Cameron Carter-Vickers is out for at least eight weeks with his latest injury, which is just awful news. Our latest signing, Nuroki, got injured in the last 10 seconds in a game against Kamarnock, according to Brendan, and he's going to be out for around two months as well. I think they've both got hamstring issues. Stephen Welsh is going to be out for around two months as well. We, I think, a broken ankle. He got an operation. The good news in the injury front is that Alistair Johnson's back and should be available for the game against St. Johnson the weekend. And because of the amount of injuries that we've got, I think Brendan sort of initiated today at the press conference that we're going to look to bring in on loan an experienced centre-back because we're down to the Baron and Liam Scales, really. Nobody else is fit. Currently, Anthony Joseph of Sky Sports on that wonderful uh, website, Twitter slash X. Earlier on, we were looking for a goalkeeper, a left-back and a left-winger. And indeed, last night, we were linked with Lewis Palmer, who plays for Aris in Greece, who apparently Rangers bid for earlier this season, and it was not back. So make of that what you will. He's uh, 23, and we're in negotiations with him. And that's really about it. I don't think I missed anything out, but yeah, it's only a couple of days since our last podcast, and it seemed like there's been a million things happening. And I'm sure... Between now and the window shutting next Friday at 12 o'clock, Friday the 1st of September, there's going to be a million more things happening at Celtic. It's just been a, a hectic week and we're only on Thursday. 
do you think he's going to buy in a loan defender with experience? Because I think that he's going to have to, John, because when you look at the upcoming games and the matches that CCV and Narotsky and even Stephen Welsh are going to miss, I mean, he can't just go with a transfer policy like, like we've already been doing this season so far, where he's been buying in players like, you know, 21, 22, 23, and I, I just don't think that's going to work. I think for... The game against that. I think what he should be doing is got to be thinking really short term with the signing strategy here for this defender that he brings in. He's got to be bringing in somebody with experience that's played the big games and is capable. And it's got to be primarily for the game against Rangers at Ibrox, I would say, John. Um, and I know people might be listening thinking you can't just sign a defender for that one game. But what I'm saying is if you bring this player in for this game specifically and then, you know, base it from that, because if he can get through that game unscathed, then the chances are, John, the rest of the games domestically will look after itself. But whoever we get in has to be a big personality, has to be a leader for that type of game because we're going to be up against it at Ibrooks. Then, of course, you've got the Champions League matches that guys like CCV and Narotsky are going to be missing as well. But would you agree that the player we're bringing in, the centre-half that we have to be looking at, has to be an older head with experience and we can't be going for a project in this one. He really has to be getting that one right, I feel. Yeah, I agree 100%, Murat. The games are too big, really, to throw in a project guy in defence. If the CCV was available, and look, we had a guy playing alongside him on loan, then okay, different story. But obviously, with CCV, Naroki, and Stephen Wells, even, who's an experienced player, being out, it is a, a big problem. And I think it will be just a short-term solution. And look, we've got a lot to offer, the MD that we're saying. We can see you've got, you're going to be able to play for Celtic in a big derby game. And then you'll get to play probably two or three games in the biggest competition in club football, the Champions League. And I think there's a lot of players that will want to come up to Celtic because of that. I think it'll probably be something for England. I'm not even hazarding a guess of who it'll be because I've no idea. Maybe by the time the podcast release, or if you listen to it tomorrow morning, there'll be stories out tonight. But I don't know who they're saying it'll be. But um, I imagine that it will be an experienced player. Because, I mean, Liam Scales, who's only one of two fit centre-backs, he has at least played against Rangers for Aberdeen, but he's still not got a lot of experience, and the Baron hasn't got a lot either, so no, it'll be completely different for the project stuff that we've been signing in other areas of the, the squad. It's definitely going to be an experienced guy who's played a lot of games, and I think it'll probably be known Brendan, a guy for the English Premier League, and it'll probably only be a six-month deal up until January, but that signing could go a long way towards us retaining the league title, strangely enough. Yeah, like a, a Ramon Vega style side and I think you brought him up actually got me thinking as well some of the lone defenders that we have brought and of course there's been a mixed bag with successes uh, middle of the road and failures as well I think off the top of my head I mean the biggest success has probably been CCV of course and then as well Ramon Vega in the past but I was thinking some of the the disaster sort of loan signings we've had in defence too if I was to ask you off the top of your head what is the number one I think mine's I was going to say Stefan Honshaw right but I think it would be Scott Marshall for me, the guy who was brought up for Arsenal in 1999 for one big game against Rangers, and he was terrible. We lost the league at Celtic Park 3-0. Who's yours? I was going to say the exact same, Scott Marshall. Not only that, he was the brother of Gordon Marshall, who, of course, long-term listeners, I think, but I don't know that you're a big fan of. No, he was absolutely terrible. Stefan Honcho was bad as well, I mean, he was... Particularly useless in a 2-0 defeat at home to Hearts, which ended up costing us that season. So, no, they weren't very good. But a player, a loan sending it was good, uh, and I've just thought of this at the top of my head, of course, uh, Jason Denier. He was a he was an excellent signing for a, for a season. So, 
if we can get somebody by his standards, then who knows, maybe the deal could be longer term. They may end up offering them a longer term contract. We'll just need to wait and see. But no, I definitely think that it is unfortunate. We've got a lot of injuries, but these things happen in football. But it is just utterly bizarre to have three players in the same position out for the same length of time, two months. I've no seen that. I've it for a long time. Without Googling this one, Jason Denier, do you know what club he's at right now? Isn't he playing in Saudi Arabia? He is indeed, yes. <laughs> the hilariously titled Al Fatih SC. You should think I should support a team like that. Huh? Boom, boom. That is comedy. But no, he's only 28 as well, John, and he's at like a team there in Saudi Arabia, right? and he's played in the World Cup and the Euros and all that as well with Belgium. That's mad. It's all about the money, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. As I think Puff Daddy sang, it's all about the Benjamins. <laughs> right. All right, Dr. Fox. Whenever CCV's out, the Perriers do text each other and there's always like a, it's like a collective groan we do, isn't it, John, in unison? It's like whenever the team news came out, uh, like I remember the one against St Mirren last season, the game we get beat 2-0, I remember on my way to watch it and you messaged me saying no CCV and right away I said I will probably going to drop points here. You said pretty much the same and I mean, you just feel so assured when you see him in that lineup. No matter who we're playing uh, with CCV in it, you always think, yeah, there's a chance that we'll be all right here today because he is just that important and the fact that he's going to be out. Thankfully, not until like November and December that uh, truth tellers and Celtic forums were hitting out with today and I get roped into that. Thanks, guys. But yeah, Brendan confirmed it'll be two months. We have to make sure he hasn't rushed back, John, because you were actually saying today for the press conference as well that this could have been avoided because he didn't actually get a full pre-season. And yet you get rushed back for it. Yeah, I mean, looking back at that, that probably was a mistake to play him against Ross County and Aberdeen, to tell you the truth, because he wasn't his best in their games. When if you look back to the goal that Aberdeen scored, he lost his man. And I mean, CCV was fully fit, would never have played like that. So I think it may have been better off just holding him off until he was like genuinely fit to start, even if that meant he missed the first few games of the season and we wouldn't end up having out for action for two months. But I can understand in a way why Brendan played him because he's so good. It remains ridiculous to me that he's never been even nominated for Scotland's Player of the Year because I think he's been Scotland's best player since he arrived. And he obviously will no get it this season because he's going to be out of action for months. But no, it really is a, a hammer blow. It's hard to underestimate how much we're going to miss him. You just look back to that game against Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final last season when he was unfit, practically playing in one leg and he still kept him out. So no, we're going to miss him badly. I feel bad for him. But hopefully that we take our time and he's back fully fit. And hopefully we don't end up dropping too many points by the time he's back. Because if we're still in the title race, which we should be, then CCV will play a big part for us. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. On to some more positive news now, John. And AJ is going to be back, well, certainly back training anyway. We don't know if he's going to be starting or not on Saturday. And I'm going to ask you, would you throw him in for that game against St Johnston? Because I'm quite 50-50 in that one. I would be hating if he get thrown in for that match and then he suffered a relapse and he was out for that game at Ibrox and beyond. I'm not quite sure 
what to do with AJ in this respect, but you know, I'm not a Celtic manager, so he's got to decide what to do there. On the one hand, I've been watching too much of Anthony Ralston this season, um, and I'm demented to be honest, and I think a lot of Celtic fans are as well. I'm not on here to get on at the guy though. I don't think we should be in a position where we're still starting Anthony Ralston. I think we had that wee purple patch out of him in Andrew's first season and he has majorly regressed. Brendan's not playing the inverted fullbacks in this system and it just exposes Ralston even more. But regardless, even under Ange towards, you know, the last couple of months last season, Ralston was just horrific to watch. He was getting worse and worse and he's just getting no better. I think seeing AJ back in the team would be a massive boost to everybody around him, but also the fans. I mean, we're just crying out for some quality in that area. And he is, without doubt, the best fullback we've got in the club. Um, there's no question there. But yeah, what would you do in that respect, John? Would you start AJ? Or would you maybe bring him on at, I don't know, 55, 60 minutes, give him like half an hour ahead of Ibrox and hope that he doesn't suffer a pull-up next week in training as well? It's a tough one, because while I'm dying to see him back, because he is just so good for us, I'm also worried that, you know, we we get another CCV situation, basically, like we saw against Aberdeen, and he's out for longer. I'd start him. I mean, you need to pick your best team when they're available, and he is our best right-back. No disrespect to Anthony Ralston, but he's just really badly off form. This was Greg Taylor, in fact, but right-back, we can deal with more. If AJ's batting, I'd definitely start him, even if he only lasts about an hour. If he gets through that, then I'd definitely start him at the, the derby next week as well, because... I mean, everybody, I think, is pretty concerned about the derby because of how many injuries we've got. But if AG is back and he proves he's still this week, I'd be slightly less concerned about his dropping points there. No, we, we need to start him, really. And he is very, very important. So, yeah, I would definitely start AG in that game. Right, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much because while me and you have been talking about the game at Ibrox privately, we do have to deal with St. Johnston first. John, we'll talk about the team that we want in a wee second, but... What we're thinking here with St Johnston, because I personally feel they are the worst team in the league. Um, I've watched St Johnston a few times this season. As you know, I'm a real Scottish football fan, John, and I tune into the games, but they have been chronic. I mean, when you look at that St Johnston team a couple of seasons ago that drew away Galatasaray away, they had Kerr at the back, McCart, Xander Clark and goal, Ali McCann, Sean Rooney was playing with them, uh, even David Waterspoon, and up front, I know... Chris, that's got to be Kane, was a bit of a jobber, but it was a decent outball for them. I mean, when you look at that St. Johnston team a couple of years later, they've, they've massively regressed. They've got nothing. It's just got Stephen May up front. They're playing Considine at left-back. They're still playing Ryan McGowan, and they're playing him as a holding midfielder. Honestly, when I look at that St. Johnston team now, there's not one player, unlike their team of a couple of seasons ago, where you could say, he's actually all right, or he might do a turn against us or something, or we've got to watch him. I'm so confident on Saturday. I know we've not been playing well. Uh, we've been quite critical of this Celtic team so far this season. And even on Saturday, if we put in the level of performance that we did against Kilmarnock, I would still be confident of getting a result or getting a chance or two against them, because I think they're definitely going to get down this season. They're by far the most chronic team in the league. Um, it's, it's of course very important that we put in a great performance on Saturday and um, we got a much improved display after last weekend I think we need it and I'll be hoping we score a right few goals as well to build up some confidence ahead of the game next weekend too but yeah that's my feeling on St Johnston um, and how I want the game to go we'll talk about the team in a wee minute but what's your thoughts on them and how they are in general well they seem pretty crap to put it bluntly they finished like third in the League Cup group they're at the League Cup just a year when they get beat 4-0 at home off Stirling Albion, 
to be at home off air, could be off Stenhouse Muir. They only won one game in the League Cup sections. And the league they've played two games. They've lost both of them to nothing. How many scored a goal, conceded four. We really should be looking for a, a comfortable win. But I mean, we really I think need have a turn in a good performance as well. None of the the passing about at the back, Snowfest that we got last week of McGregor having to come deep to get the ball and then immediately being taking out the game because a guy's marking him. We really should be winning like four or five or even six nil or six one. And we really need a win like that as well. I mean, okay, it's St. Johnson at home. We're going to be huge favourites, but even now I think we need wins to build confidence. It's I can't really believe I'm saying when you look at the position we were in just at the end of last season. But I look at St. Johnson, they seem in a bad way. The manager's been slagging the players, or critical of the players as well. And that never really ends up going well. So we really should be having a comfortable win. But you just, you just football is a funny old game, as they say. But no, we should be like comfortably winning by at least a minimum of three goals. And that's not being, me being arrogant, it's just being honest. And we need a good performance, so we really do. I just look at that St. Johnson side... I look at, you know, the Celtic side and on paper it's just a complete mismatch. I feel the exact same way. I think we should be getting into this winning uh, by a few goals, certainly. And again, I don't think Erie has come on here um, entitled thinking every game's going to be an easy three points. But this is one of the few matches where I would say getting into it on Saturday. I really am expecting a comfortable win. But most importantly, uh, a really good performance. The last 26 meetings with St Johnston, we are unbeaten with one twenty-three. We've drew three. The last time we actually lost was in May 2016. We got beat 2-1 at McDermott Park. St Johnston haven't won at Celtic Park since March 2015. And do you know who scored the winner that day? It was a screaming air goal. I think you will know. I can remember the goal, but I can't remember who scored. So you'll need to tell me. It was a great goal, though. It was Danny Joe Swanson. I think it was voted as one of the goals of the season on a dreary midweek game in uh, Ronnie Dyla's first season. But... Yeah, uh, St Johnston have failed to win their last 22 league matches against us and as I say, it was uh, Ronnie Dyla's second season and his last game as Celtic manager that he actually beat us in May 2016. So getting on to Celtic then, John, give me your team for the match and I'll tell you if I agree or disagree with any of your shouts. Well, I would, I would have to pick Joe Hart and goals, unfortunately. In defence, I would start EG, as I said, I'd probably start Greg Taylor as well, even though he's in very, very poor form. I just kind of see Bernie getting the known over him. And centre-back, I don't think the new guy, whoever he is, will be signed in time or ready to play yet. So I think it'll be DeBaron and it'll be Liam Scales making a, a very rare start for Celtic. Midfield, I would play O'Reilly, O'Reilly, Awata and McGregor. But I don't know if that will happen, but that's who I would play. And up front, I'd play Haksabanovic in one wing, although I'd be surprised if he was at Celtic after next week, to tell you the truth. I'd play Haksabanovic. I would play Abada, even though I thought he was pretty chronic against Kelly. I still was... Dyson was slightly more chronic. And I'd play Kyogo, obviously, up front. So that's the team I would pick, but I would doubt that will be the team that Brendan picks. For me, I would go with Joe Hart and goal. Left back, I would actually drop Taylor. I'd like to see a freshness there. And I would go with Burnaby, to be honest with you, John. And just a bit of pace because Taylor is just... Again, like Ralston, Taylor's been absolutely doing my head in. I think it'll be Scales in the Baron as well. Uh, right back. I'd start AJ, right? But if we are winning comfortably, and despite what I said about Ralston earlier, 
I'd bring him on maybe 55, 60 minutes. I wouldn't have AJ playing the full game. Hope he starts. Um, I hope we're in a comfortable lead and he puts in a good performance ahead of next week. But I just hope he doesn't get the full 90. Um, hope he's managed well in that respect. I know Brendan's got a weird history of doing that with players, but um, I won't go on about that now. Anyway, moving on to midfield, I would have a water uh, sitting. Cal McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. An interesting shout with Haxabanovich, but I just think Johnny's as bad as St. Johnston are. Uh, and they are bad. He's just far too slow to watch. I would have a badder on the left, and I know a lot of people might raise their eyebrows at that, but again, Spobal and that uh, James Forrest testimonial. Um, he was out on the left a fair few times, and I thought it was good to watch him drift inside. I would go, I would actually, I would genuinely rather play a bad out on the left than have Haxabanovich there. He'll go through the middle. And on the right, I'd like to see Yang, because just like Ralston and Taylor recently watching Dyson Maeda has been murder for my uh, own sake, and I think hopefully that's what Brendan does think of. First and foremost, ahead of the team, that he plays Bernabe, AJ and Yang over the three that I mentioned. So there's that's what I would go with. But honestly, if it was Haxavanovic ahead of Maeda, I wouldn't be too fussed. And I'm sure the skin fade CSC would love it to see him cook John. <laughs> uh, very, very droll there. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about Yang. Actually, I thought he'd done no bad when he came on last week. So yeah, we'll just need to see what happens. Right, so on to the most important part of the podcast, we've got yet another bet. Uh, long-term listeners will remember our last two bets. They were I won one and you won one, predicting games. This one is a very smaller uh, sample size of a game. It's one game. It's this week's game, in fact. And the bet is, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, and you do. And whoever's right buys the other person chips in that wonderful bar the tap yard. We will be recording this week's this weekend's podcast, the, the review of the game. So that's something for you to look forward to. So hopefully for once we do concede a goal, it's a consolation goal. We're six one up and Stevie can buy me some wonderful chips in the pub. But if we don't concede a goal, I'll need to buy him chips, unfortunately. But there you go. I don't think we're doing a bet about next week's game, though. That's that's my bold prediction. See St. John's do score. Are you genuinely going to be celebrating? You'll see one guy. Just jump up, punch in the air, waving a scarf, and that'll be me. <laughs> you really are pathetic. All for just a wee measly bowl of chips. Delicious chips, of course, at the tap yard, but still, you really are a pathetic specimen. John, I will see you on Saturday. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Take it away, Rizzo. Thank you, Stevie, and thank you to all listeners. As ever, you know what to get us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. You can leave us reviews and ratings about how great we are. You can catch Stevie on Instagram and on Threads, if that's even still going, at GigPod. And yeah, we'll be back uh, with a review of the St. Johnson game. We'll do in the pod after the game on Saturday in that great bar at the Tap Yard, so thanks to them. And then next week, we're going to be doing who knows how many podcasts, because don't forget, we've got the Champions League draw next week as well. We look forward to We've got the transfer window and, of course, the derby. But all that's for next week. But thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend and hail hail.
Social Podcast Network.